0: Yeah, hey, Ashmore Things Dentistry, the place where we're passionate about sharing those unwritten hints and tips in dentistry. Today is uh, our work day with Halloween, so happy Halloween, everybody, 2021, we're getting back to some sort of normalcy in uh, Ontario, almost mask-free, maybe in six months we'll be mask-free everywhere, which we can't wait. But today was really neat because we had a pumpkin, we had a costume contest, competi- not even competition, just dra- dress up, and then we... Um, Carve some pumpkins. So there was a car um, thank goodness I didn't carve one because the competition was stiff, like amazing. I have on my YouTube channel there's um shorts that I put up because I was really impressed. Just the ability of people's uh skill. So go ahead and take a look look at that, especially the COVID the COVID test one. Man, it reminds me of my twelve year old son getting his COVID test. I mean that if you had a COVID test, I'm pretty sure almost everyone on the planet has. That swab feels like it's hitting your brain. Anyways, so today we're going to talk about a case that's really interesting. We, bottom line up front, we did three mandibular anterior root canals today. We started them anyways. Um, But why did he get to this spot? Well, turns out this patient was ATVing overseas and broke his mandible. And it was a classic condylar fraction and mandibular, so right condylar fracture and then a mandibular, left mandibular premolar area where it fractured and the fracture line went straight up between his mandibular involved like three two three one four one so it's no doubt that they're going to be asymptomatic years down the road so this would happen not years but uh, in the future so this happened about a year ago and what happened was he this member or his patient was uh wire he was plated his mandible was plated um, a year ago he had a few teeth that were avulsed in his mandible. No, ma- no maxillary teeth were touched. And then the surgeon, I guess, took off the splint. I don't know. He was just telling me he took off the splint off his teeth a few days after it was put on, and then plated the mandible. And then home he came. And he his occlusion has been fine. Everything is fine. Actually, he has very no pain other than his mandibular anterior teeth, which is he until yesterday thought it was because they were. Fairly rotated, but the, actually, if you look at the pan, the rotations had not changed. So we're kind of like, okay, well, we're just going to listen to the story. And uh, he does have numbness. Now this is new to me because um, I'm sure it's normal, but it's just new to me. But uh, he has mental. So his chin is numb. All the extra oral tissue is soft tissue is numb over his chin, but he has full sensation of his lips, full sensation of his vestibules, buckle, buckle buccal mucosa gingiva everything teeth included uh just the skin overlying his chin is is numb and i think he's come to grips with that but i think i mean he's fortunate that he doesn't have lip numbness as well regardless he presented yesterday with pain he really was it was when his teeth tap they're painful like okay well you know the question i'm asking myself is is it because of the fracture is it because of the incident or is it just because simply the tooth had become necrotic Uh, but before we dove into just like literally open let's do a clinical test kind of sat and listened uh, for a bit and because one of the concerns was really the ortho situation where um, I mean we all do this you stare at something you know say for example you stare at a pimple on your face and it's like man that things it might actually be getting bigger but usually it's not it's like, man, it's getting bigger, but it's usually just static. And just because you're staring at it, it gets bigger. And we'll see that with patients with, you know, patients with ortho, like that tooth is moving. Like, well, probably hasn't, but you've just been staring at it. Maybe over 10 years it has, but not in the last six months. So that's where we kind of started was um, just the uh, chief complaint of my teeth are mo- My teeth have shifted. So, you know, he asked, is your bite normal? He's like, yeah, my bite's solid. I'm like, okay, well, that doesn't. And- Everything is when you when you look at his occlusion, it's like stable. There's no like teetering on one cusp or whatnot. It's solid in both in all um, bilaterally. It's amazing, actually quite impressive. So that was not an issue in terms of mandibular um, his anterior teeth. And the reason why I get to this is because you could easily throw the patient into ortho and make the problem worse because he still has apical periodontitis or so i believe he has apical periodontitis i haven't tested yet uh, but just by his uh his discussion so we talked about ortho looked at his pan from before the fracture fortunately we have a pan before and we have a pan after and we have a pan recently and there's been very little to no change in the rotation of his teeth so that kind of i think that kind of quelled kind of the discussion in his mind like oh maybe it's not because of the 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 way my teeth are positioned um but then what we did was did our basic standard endodontic clinical exam we palpated extraorally, palpated intraorally palpated the ridge the apices around those teeth we had nothing then we did some probing depths Um, there was nothing no cracks no or no single probing depths nothing the radiograph and actually i forgot to mention the radiograph the periapical radiograph looks totally fine there's no widening of the pdl space nothing Just regular run-of-the-mill mandibular anterior teeth Uh, but of course when you crack out the cold that is where the magic happens it always blows my mind and I wish I'd known that much earlier than going to my residency about cold tests I mean I have cold out for everything you know there's a nail that I'm hammering a nail at home just use a cold test it goes down I'm, I'm just kidding being facetious but so we crack out you know actually we did percussion before and you know all we I percuss all of his mandibular teeth. Essentially from quadrant, you know, from his mandibular anterior segment all the way to the posterior right, all those teeth are positive to sensitive to percussion. His you know, from his mandibular left teeth are totally normal. There's no percussion sensitivity. So that is kinda of like, okay, well it gives you like hmm think about that. They're all and then when you vital, when you do sensibility testing or thermal testing Um, it really came to be the teeth that were involved in the fracture line that became necrotic and also the teeth that were avulsed. So that's his mandibular uh, left lateral incisor, mandibular central incisor, and both, both mandibular central incisors. So three teeth and the other lateral incisor on his right side was still normal um, percussion sensitive, but everything is percussion sensitive. So, we did cold tests on that, and then we ran the EPT just to make sure, and both actually confirmed each other, one another. And one of the things that I have learned is that using EPT, I try to make sure everything is super dry or dry as possible to prevent any type of conduction to the gingiva or adjacent teeth. There are no restorations, so or well, metal ones, anyways. There are actually no restorations either, but metal's worse, it seems. Makes sense. The uh, conduct electric- metal conducts electricity better than plastic. So the EPT matches up with the cold test, and then that was yesterday, so that pretty much solved the immediate problem of kind of what is the issue and why, because he was kind of like, can we shave your teeth, can we shave my teeth down so they don't tap when I'm walking or I bump my teeth or something like that, and I'm like, well, I mean, we can keep shaving it down to the root, but I mean, the problem's still going to be there, essentially. So we, uh, this morning we started the uh, three pulpectomies. I was kind of humming and like, well, do I just do one or do we all do three? So we started with all three in his jaw. Uh, he's not used to keeping his mandible open for, uh, more than like 15 minutes. Actually, to be honest, no one is. <laughs> Think about it. Um, so we limited it to an hour. So we got three pulpectomies done and, uh, in both 40 minutes and well, plus anesthetic. And, um, made sure that he was fully numb. So we cracked out the leg jet just to make sure. So we did, actually in this case, I did mental block and then some infiltrations and then uh, buccal infiltrations for those teeth. And then I actually did lingual infiltrations because there's a great article I read that was game changer. I should really do an art- a video about that. I've been trying to find that article about lingual anesthesia. If, if you're going to do mandibular anterior teeth, throw a lingual um, anesthesia in there and you're set for at least a little bit of period of time. But just to make sure I throw the ligma jet in there, and get some PDL, and then just boom, 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 Um, started the pulpectomies, and the most difficult one actually was the 4-1, so that's the central incisor, uh, because it's rotated pretty well, probably almost like 60 degrees rotated, so I kind of looked at it first, I'm like, hmm, how do I access this, should I go through the buckle, Um, but I was able to sneak in, so I was able to sneak in with a number two round, but then I through the enamel. And then once I was through the enamel, I was like, eh, this is getting pretty dicey. So I switched to actually a small, a number one Munnspur, and I was able to kind of whittle my way down into the pulp chamber. So it worked out well because, and the reason why it worked is because the number two round has a larger shank diameter uh, versus the Munspur, which has a really narrow shank diameter. So I was able to sneak in there. And I'll have the video up soon, just talking, you know, going over kind of those accesses. And then standard endo, we just troughed. And actually the you know, I gotta say this, like we took a radiograph afterwards, um, placed calcium hydroxide, and what's really interesting is that the rotated tooth only has one single canal. Hey, sure Ashraf Dentistry, the place where we're passionate. About sharing those unwritten hints and tips in dentistry. Well this morning I'm uh, just driving, driving back to my, where I work. It's about an hour and a half drive from where my kids are and uh, so it was a nice early morning start at 4 o'clock and I couldn't stop but think about a patient I saw yesterday and I spent some time talking with her. She came in for an emergency one kind of emergency, it was more her upper left tooth was bothering her, but more of her jaw pain. And, you know, throughout the conversation, it was, she had, turns out it spent 20 years, in the, 24 years in the military and been blown up three times as a combat engineer. And it was a very enlightening conversation we had. And All I could think about was she's living in the past about her experiences. And actually, what's really even funnier, sadly, maybe not funny, but she's had such a fear of root canals that she'd rather be blown up again than get a root canal. And she's never even had a root canal. It was really from the story of her sister who had a fairly difficult time with the root canal and it just I just couldn't believe I it wasn't I couldn't believe it I could believe it actually it was quite believable because the fear that people have with their teeth and the inability to control the pain that someone else may be afflicting to them so you know just in my thoughts I was sort of sitting here thinking like as I was driving like I'd love to vocalize and share that with you that people have such a fear of dentistry and we all know that but taking the time and unfortunately time is not money time is money and often we get wrapped up into our own stories about we need to get this patient through, is figure out what the chief of is, get this over with. Um, but I found in my journey through just doing dentistry, is that there are times when you need to create that trust. There are times when it's just like, boom, let's do this. And that's probably, I'd say, 95% of the time. And we all, I think, depending on where you are in your the journey of your life, career—you know that you've experienced that. It's like, okay, you need this, this, and this. But patient's like, yeah, give us get it over with because I want to get the hell out of here. But then there are other patients that take more time. But at the end of it, it's kind of like the discussion that you spend with them is can be, not always very rewarding, and this was one of those discussions I had with a patient where she hadn't, she'd been deployed so frequently, she hadn't been in the dentist for the last four to five years just because she had been routinely overseas uh, doing her job, and I'm grateful for that opportunity, but there was so little downtime for her to actually come in, and she really did had no, the chief complaint really was I wake up in the morning because, oh, actually it wasn't even that I wake I have my upper left tooth hurts a bit and my jaw aches and just taking a little bit of time and uh, 20 years of doing this and I make the time you know 20 years ago I'd be like okay let's just here's a night guard see but kind of having the discussion about she's a Bruxer occasionally Episodic bruxism, and really, she's having night terrors. She doesn't sleep a lot, and this reminds me of a patient actually I had in my residency that would come to the dentistry appointment and fall asleep. Like he, he, we, I saw him. I can't remember his name. I remember driving by his house a few times when we were in Texas. Really nice guy. He loved seeing on kids, really young, and uh, he'd had both knees shot out one at a time, trying to save some kid, so that was a story, uh, in Iraq, and he, uh, when he came to the clinic, he was on a ton of medication. But he would lie, he'd be there, and he'd we'd do whatever treatment, I think a lot of it was endo and some pros or whatnot, but he would just, like, as soon as, I wouldn't say as soon as his head hit the, <laughs> the rest, he was out sleeping and I came to learn that it was actually a really safe place for him the opposite of this lady but it was a safe place because he wasn't having night terrors and he said he slept on the floor he could he only slept a few hours a night if that Just hid on the bottom like next to the bed on the floor quite a miserable life actually if You think about how much you need sleep kind of makes me grateful for the four hour five hours four hours I had last night um, so where am I going with this it was kind of you know talking with some of these patients that don't sleep that you know it's just kind of unpackaging it but it takes time a lot of things take time and being able to you know if you can't see the patient right away get the book back in and take that time maybe at the end of the day first thing in the morning to sit and talk with them and have those discussions because, you know, ultimately we're trying to provide them some sort of therapy, but it might not even work. But if they feel that they've been heard, and that's the same for us, if you feel like you've been heard and someone's trying to help you versus kind of write you off like, um, I don't know, here you go. Try this. That, in my experience... Has made a significant difference in someone's life. And that's really what it's about, not to get too philosophical. Um, Or you just, you know, take their time, take your time, and send them to the right person who can help them. And that's been Dr. Steve. That's one of the biggest tips that I was taught from Dr. Steve. I do his root canals at his clinic, is that he just, if you can't deal with it, send it to somebody who can and he said that that was the best advice and honestly that's the best advice I've ever had from him like and as I get older I don't want there are certain situations like anterior implants like yeah I'm good I am way beyond that now it's not in my not in my bucket list it was it's not in my uh, wheelhouse So, just being able to know what your limits are. You hear about that so... It's such a cliche thing. But you don't know your limits until you fail at them. And... Or you just become an expert at something else. And it just takes so much time and energy and effort to attempt one of these things. And the risk is so high. You're like... For aesthetics. Like, for example, interior plants. I'm like, you know what? Just... I got other things to do. Anyways... um, probably the last part of this little bit of discussion and I've been thinking about making a video on my channel was um, in dental school, one of the most, the thing that has probably stayed with me the most and it has absolutely nothing to do with the technical skills of dentistry was to never look rushed. That little tidbit that was given to me from I don't even know who it was one of the clinicians that would come in you know in an afternoon and I'm not sure that that's shared with anyone I don't know if most people or most clinicians get that little piece of advice I have no idea but I can tell you 100% that when I am somewhere and it I receive the perception that I am rushed at just another number, it just makes the whole experience feel just a little bit less human. And that's even, I'm not even talking the dentist, I'm just talking like trying to get a refund on something and you're just another number getting pushed through real quick. But when somebody takes the time, especially when it has to do with your teeth, of all things, that Taking a deep breath before you walk into that operatory, not looking rushed, and giving your fullest attention as much as possible to that patient, whether it be for the only the minute you're with them or even the 30 seconds, that you look them in the eye and you give them that opportunity to express what their issues are. That makes someone feel heard and it would make you feel heard. And that has actually made the biggest difference in my entire career is just don't be rushed. Take a deep breath, listen, and slow down. Anyways, just about home. And uh, that's enough for the rant. Anyways, thanks so much for joining me. I'm super grateful you're here and you made it to the end. We'll talk to you soon.